Greetings. It's Radio Book Club time. It's the first Monday of the month. It's 5 p.m. after some daylight savings. And this is Sherry, your host. I'm here in studio after some time being away. And I'm here with Jesse from the library. Hi, Jesse. Good evening, everyone. Uh, we're very happy to be here. It's been a little while. We were just talking. A minute ago, uh, kind of wondering when the last time we did a live show. Jesse, was it August? Was that I when? think August was the last one. Yeah. yeah, we've had a we've had some some crazy months in between. We have. Um, we are excited to be here because of the live show. Uh, our last couple of months, I think Jesse, you had been traveling a little bit, right? And uh, I ended up going on my own little trip to Italy. And while I was there, I got the Coliseum strain of uh, COVID, <laughs> very virulent. And the, but it was the last couple of days of my wonderful, amazing, restive trip. But uh, that then took us out for last month because I was in recovery mode. I think Jesse was pretty much ready to do it right? <laughs> I was. Yes. I was ready to go. And uh, so, but we're here. We're excited. Again, you, it's five o'clock. You're listening to Radio Book Club on KZMU. And you're here with Sherry and Jesse from Back of Beyond Books and the Grand County Library. We're excited to share. I mean, this, there's a buildup obviously, when we don't do shows for a couple of months, a right? A backlog of books, There is yes. a backlog of books, yes. so we are going to have a few things to get through t today. I definitely read a lot on my uh, sojourn in the Italian uh, seas, <laughs> but, and, and some of that will, re will reflect that trip, but also there's been a lot of time even for both of us being uh, being um, for me being back and just kind of in our everyday lives and so sit back relax get your pen your pencil your notebook ready although we do put this on um, all sorts of archives from KZMU to um, back of beyond we we throw it up on our website there and also on the library so let's get started usually what we start with is just kind of news from both of our institutions, so to speak. Jesse, do you want to kind of get us started on what's going on at the library right now? Yeah, sure. So um, we are looking forward to an event coming up on November 19th, which is a Saturday at seven in the evening. We're excited to welcome a visit from the Desert Oracle. Ken Lane will be coming to regale us with stories of the strange, weird um, things that uh, occur in the desert southwest uh, some of you may recognize him from um, his late night radio show that you can catch on Saturday nights here on KZMU um, at 8 or 9 in the evening I believe the desert oracle he has a lovely deep mysterious sonorous voice and he <laughs> relates uh, stories he has um, 
chased down, tracked down, and researched stories of all kinds all around. Um, I think he hails from Joshua Tree area in the Mojave Desert. Um, and he tells stories of skinwalkers, UFOs, um, mysterious hauntings, disappearing hitchhi- disappearing hikers, um, and then uh, like like odd odd creatures, mythical creatures. Um, the Yucca Man. There's a cement monster, apparently in some in some strange corner of the desert. Anyhow, um, he'll have a selection <laughs> of uh, these stories to tell us uh, in person on Saturday night. November 19th. Um, also, he has a zine by the name of Desert Oracle. I believe you can get those at your local bookstore. And he has volume one, a collection of these stories in print in a book called Desert Oracle Volume One by Ken Lane. So if you're curious about this guy, check out, um, take a look at some of his books or zines or hear him on Saturday nights uh, on KZMU. Yeah, we've and been. This, this is. Oh, I yeah. should. Oh, sorry, Sherry. I should yeah. mention that this is going to be presented in partnership with Back of Beyond Books. Yeah, so they will be. Sherry will be present um, at this for added incentive. She'll be at this free story sharing event with Ken Lane. He's been a wonderful friend of this radio station for yes. for a while now. And when he started with that first zine, and it's not the collection that's in in this book that he has now it was the very first one and and uh he came to us at back of beyond and and that began kind of a partnership that we've had with him as well and it's amazing how how many people know this this kind of in a way a bit of an obscure even when it was just this in little stapled zine form he definitely has a great little following for sure Okay, so what's next? That is right up my alley. I love love these <laughs> kinds of stories. I can't wait. Um, a little further out on December 8th, the library also is going to be partner- partnering again with Back of Beyond Books to bring Stephen Trimble, author Stephen Trimble, to the library. Uh, that'll be on December 8th. Um, he is a... Uh, uh, an award-winning and prolific author uh, writes for environmental advocacy, um, has edited quite a few collections of essays, um, usually writing about protecting wilderness um, in the desert Southwest. Um, And he is touring, uh, I guess, on his latest book, um, most recent book called The Mike File, A Story of Grief and Hope. This book is a little bit of a departure for him. He's investigating... Uh, a family story that uh, some some of his family history that no one would talk about uh, while he was growing up. He had an, a brother who had um, some mental illness struggles and was put away and uh, had a had a, a tragic life and a, a kind of a sad story. And he wanted to know more about this. And this happened in the uh, 50s, 60s, I believe, before um some kinds of mental illness were were understood and his brother was sort of misunderstood and and, and untreated so he has um he has delved into this family history and um and written about this at the the mic file is a very slim small little book and um there is there is hope at the end he has found um he has found some found some hope uh, in, in grappling with this, this struggle. We're also going to be welcoming um, a local 
counselor and therapist named um, Anjay Roth will be joining us that mm-hmm. evening to talk with Stephen at the end um, to discuss uh, her take on how medicine has progressed in understanding of um, the treatment of people with these struggles has progressed. Um, so, so join us uh, back of Beyond Books and the Grand County Library presenting on uh, Stephen Trimble on Thursday, December 8th at 7 p.m. You can, of course, find uh, out all of this information on our website, moablibrary.org. Excellent. Yeah. Is that, uh, that's it for the library right now? For the moment. Okay, excellent. So with Back of Beyond, we have, as you can see, we're doing some some nice collaboration with the library. We're excited about that. And then we also have an event coming up on November 15th at Star Hall at 6.30. And we'll be presenting an evening with Craig Childs, a beloved friend and author of Back of Beyond, and I think of the community here, obviously. Uh, he, it's interesting. He's actually, there's a, re, a, a fresh new, I'll say this, reprinting of his first title called Stone Desert. And there were conversations actually that kind of went into play. Um, I think it's been about a year. I know uh, Andy Nettle and Tory House Press, Kirsten over there and Craig kind of all got their heads together and uh, really as a labor of love decided to reprint this, this first title of Craig's. And what's really beautiful, I don't know if if uh, our listeners out there know what a dosi do is tell me yeah essentially you one one the 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 first part of the book is uh, is one side or one uh it's it's up and then the other part of the book is down so halfway reversed. through the book exactly you flip you it flip upside it, down uh, and yeah, exactly. start over yeah, you from do. the yeah. back which yes. is now the beginning yes oh yeah it's called a dosi do. I love that. And I that did is not officially, that. yeah, that, that title for that. And so, um, of course, the, the, the right side up part is, um, I guess it depends on how you look at it, um, is this, the, uh, the text or stone de- desert itself. And then if you flip it, then it is literally the journal um, that Craig wrote um, this is the journal from that what you know brought the book to be and what's really great I don't I, I don't know if all of you know how uh, that Craig actually is an extraordinary um, he, he's he's an artist in his own right really and he draws really well so when you're looking at this journal there n- there's not only of course his writing and he has great writing has great manuscript um, but it's also this you know, he's got all these kind of in the margins um, drawings from his time uh, lumbering through the desert. So it's it's actually really beautiful to look at. It's almost like an, an art object, you know, sort of, sort of like an object of art, which is great. So we'll be celebrating that. And, and we all know that Craig is a great storyteller. So uh, again, we'll be at Star Hall. He's going to be telling us, regaling uh, us with stories from uh, Stone Desert. And again, that is going to be at 6.30 on November 15th. Join us and uh, 
we always know with Craig that we're going to have a pretty darn good time. All right, so there's our news. And then usually we'll kind of go down into the indie bestseller list for a little while, just sort of see what's happening there, see if uh, any of our bestsellers at the moment have captured our attention, our hearts, our psyches, our minds, <laughs> our guts. <laughs> and so, um, Jesse, tell me, are you reading anything on that on our lists? Well, I did read Geraldine Brooks' uh, novel Horse, Horse, which I reviewed, okay. I believe, in August, uh, and that is raining. Uh, it's holding pretty steady in the middle of the mm -hmm. fiction side. Um, one of the books that I'm excited about that I haven't read yet, though, is the new Cormac McCarthy. How many years have we been waiting for a new Cormac McCarthy? Most of you probably remember him from... Um, having written The Road um, or um, All the Pretty Horses. All the Pretty Horses. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Blood Meridian. You got it. Mm -hmm. Uh-huh. Beautiful. So his new, his first book in many years is called The Passenger. And he's actually coming out with a second novel in December, early December, called Stella Maris. Maurice Maris. I'm not sure how I think it might be that. Maurice. Maurice. Stella Maurice. But that, that is sense. in my mind. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and I've been reading that these are not only solid McCarthy, but they are like the novels of his life. Like these are these are exquisite and just perfect. They're a bit of a departure from his usual yes. um, violence and savagery that you find in some of his novels. They're beautiful, but very savage often. Um, these are, I guess, I guess I read... Um, when you're ex when you're Cormac McCarthy and you've written The Road, what on earth can you do? What what on earth can you tackle next except God and human consciousness? Which is Apparently, yes, he does. I am three fourths through. <gasps> tell us, yes. tell us what you think. Oh, um, <laughs> I you know it's interesting. I have a friend who a couple of days ago he came in and and he said I just think I, I need to put, you know, Cormac McCarthy's book up to the top of my reading list. And I said that very same day, I thought to myself, I think I actually need to read it right away. And we were kind of um, interested in this urgency. There was this kind of like, why that one right now? I mean, it is number one on the indie bestseller list. And of course, we are a bookstore that and I think a town that um, does relate to a certain extent to Cormac McCarthy. So, so I spent the weekend, I haven't finished it yet. And what's interesting is the two. So this one, the perspective comes from the brother. And then the second one is really the perspective from the sister. So this is a, a story, a, cult, a, a dual duality of stories where you get, um, you know, this this brother and sister have definitely a special relationship, but you, you get their perspectives. And it's interesting for McCarthy to come from that more holy, I would say female perspective, you know, because in, a, in many ways, he's got a lot of like bro books, you know, I mean, sure. a lot of it kind of comes from that, um, that perspective of, as well. And so, yes, it feels like, um, so 
his sister is introduced in the in so the first this first one that's out is called the passenger and he, yes his sister is re, is introduced and she has schizophrenia but she's this genius mathematician as well and so you're getting this cast of hallucination characters that she's in conversation with through the whole thing and then in it sounds like in the second book there she is talking with her therapist in relationship to this cast of, of characters and then the character Bobby, which is, it's kind of interesting. They're calling it the passenger. And in the first chapter, he is a diver. He goes down and dives for like, like ruins or, or say a plane uh, went down and he goes down to see what's going on. And um, what's fascinating with this book is there's this kind of mysterious, he goes down and, and he sees there's eight, passengers dead in this plane at the bottom of the of the ocean um, but there was a ninth passenger that's missing and so you're kind of set up to think that this is a mystery it's kind of a, a pretty like you know standard mystery which couldn't be far from the truth I mean it's really what you just said I don't even know where that part is yet. Like it started and it hasn't returned in the book and I'm three fourths through. Wow. So really what it is, is him grappling with human consciousness through things like quantum physics, string theory, you know, stuff that maybe he has all these years been thinking about. So in a way, the book is just a collection of conversations, like through the whole, the whole thing. And it's almost like he's setting us up with, okay, we're going to sit at the bar. And at the bar, we're going to have this conversation. Then we're going to be at a restaurant. We're going to have this conversation. So in a way, it's kind of like, well, what have you been thinking about, <laughs> you know, for the last however many years since he has um, published anything? Um, but I think the, um, the most fascinating part really is the sister and um, this cast of hallucinations that become really strong characters through the book and then it it doesn't play with linear time at all you're coming back and forth in and out um so it's i think some of the critique has been it isn't those tr those narratives you know from the past mm -hmm. it's more like what he's been thinking for the last 10 years so Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's a great send up. I, um, I've just, I've been hearing nothing but glowing accolades. The man has such a deep mind, even when he's telling yeah. a cowboy story, he's, he goes deep. That's I mean, true. He, he is thinking it's about mythic it in a way. Really, yeah. It very, very much so. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. His, his writing just floored me when I first discovered him some years, years and years ago just absolutely amazing um cool cormac mccarthy yes so um he yeah he is number one on the indie bestseller mm -hmm. list maybe not um maybe not at the supermarket what else on the uh yeah. is there anything else on the indie bestseller you know, list you're excited about sherry um it's interesting uh, you know we got a couple copies of paul newman's memoir and that's number four or five on the nonfiction hardcover bestseller list and it's not so much like I've been you know huge fan of Paul Newman all my life but um that in tandem with the documentary that just came out 
so Ethan Hawke did a documentary. It's on HBO. And it's about Paul Newman. But it's also about Joanne Woodward. Mm-hmm. And I would recommend digging into his life a little just to see um, their, in a way, their partnership and also really the, the unfolding life of Joanne Woodward. And in, in a way, you're, you're sort of heading into his memoir or this documentary through him, but you're really getting this kind of highlight of her. And she was this really brilliant actress. Of course, it was that sort of standard story where he was just a, a handsome guy, you know? And then um, they sort of rose up the ranks together, but he sort of took off. And it's interesting to just hear the story of their relationship, which was really solid, but also their both of them and their relationship to um, the industry. It, it's pretty fascinating. Um, and then where else would I go? I think, uh, I mean, you know, what is the Colleen Hoover phenomenon? <laughs> There's still a lot of Hoover on the mm-hmm. uh, paperback fiction. She came in through uh, TikTok or Book Talk and still remains a really strong player. Um, on that on the list I think what we've decided is Colleen Hoover is a mix of true crime and romance mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah that's, that's pretty adept which yeah. is kind of trending anything else on there Jesse you want to well sure mention? Um, there's some heavy hitters on yeah. the on the fiction both sides non-fiction and mm-hmm. fiction uh, Demon Copperhead is the new Barbara yes King we can't not talk can't about not that, that. I haven't how did we that. get this far without <laughs> saying that there's a brand new Barbara King solver yes. there's a new George Saunders called yes Liberation, Liberation Day. Day that's uh, number four on yep. that the hard cover John Irving my goodness we haven't heard from him for a while he's got a brand new one called The Last Chairlift just yes. came out a week ago yes um, Elizabeth Strout has a new one called Lucy by the Sea that's been out for about a month I would guess Jody Picoult Mad Honey that's a new one and uh, well Friedrich Friedrich Bachman has a new one too now that's that's a little over a month old as well called the the winners the winners um, yeah we know him from a man called Ova mm-hmm. and um my grandmother asked me to tell you I'm sorry and uh, a bunch of others, a couple of others. Anyway, so yeah, there's some there's some big deals have, have come out recently. On the nonfiction side, we should mention the new Siddhartha Mukherjee. Mm-hmm. He wrote... Uh, um, Song his, of the Cell. His new one is The Song of the Cell, an mm-hmm. exploration of medicine and the new human. Sounds very fascinating. Yes. Um, also, Ross Gay... Um, he mm-hmm. wrote a few years ago a little volume called The Book of Joy that was just um, little little short chapters of the little small things in life that, that uh, were giving him a little bit of joy and pleasure amidst all of the sadness and heartache. Um, noticing flowers in bloom, um, watching a garden grow, um, you know, a bird, a nest of birds, just little, the little tiny things, inconsequential, but you've got to look and look for the joy and find it. So his new book is called Inciting Joy Mm -hmm. Essays. And I look forward to, um, look forward to discovering what he has to say there. There's a new Neil deGrasse Tyson, Starry Messenger, Cosmic Perspectives on Civilization. That's a that those are always very accessible for anyone interested in astrophysics. See our backlog? Are you getting yeah, it? Are you yeah. getting it out there, friends? <laughs> How backlogged it's been? 
Um, I also, yeah, I also do want to mention that uh, on, on my trip, I did reread All About Love by Bell Hooks and was impressed with it the same as when I read it however long, 15, I don't even know how long, maybe 15 years ago. And even though there's a few things I'd say that are a little outdated there, uh, she just is just writes so beautiful, beautifully about kind of like this idea of love and brings in some really beautiful personal anecdotes. Um, and then also, I wanted to uh, mention, and we've had a hard time actually getting any of these books in. I don't know if you have any. Do you have any of Annie Arnaud's books in the library right now? The new poet laureate, uh, the, the new, um, not the new poet laureate, the new Nobel laureate of literature. It's not ringing a bell. I'm okay. to say. No, that's fine. She, I didn't know her. I didn't know who she was until she started kind of uh, appearing on some of the bestseller lists. And so I did a little deep dive. She's actually, I, she looks like she's maybe about in her 80s at this point, has been a writer out of France all these years, kind of um, writing memoirs. She's written a few uh, fiction pieces. And so, and and just suddenly we all know about her, including myself, and so I did a little research and, and did get a copy um, of these years. I think, let me just make sure that that's the right. Yeah, the, the years. And what I'd say about Annie, which I also put um, one of her pieces on my um, audio. And that one actually is called no that one's called the years yes the years sorry <laughs> it is the years by annie or i actually um started listening to her and what i'd say about her is she's like this um female proust that's what i'd say hmm. so when i was actually listening to her it, it was just all memory it was her growing up in Normandy and then moving to Paris and and she brings in it's sort of like you know why am I interested in this and yet I am you know and and, and just the way that she goes from one memory to the next not a lot of narrative line but it's like clouds it's like just listening and 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 enjoying this step into her life step into the past step into her memory so I know Proust is a hard sell, uh, but if you want to be led down this kind of memory lane with beautiful prose, um, look for Annie Arnaud, and it's E-R-N-A-U-X. What a beautiful description, like like reading clouds. Yeah. That's great. That's a really great segue. Yeah. Um, you did mention Poet Laureate. And uh -huh. um, yes. I actually was really excited about Ada Limon mm -hmm. was um, was selected to be our uh, new Poet Laureate of the U.S. this, uh, this summer by uh, Librarian of Congress Carla Hayden. Mm -hmm. uh, Joy Harjo was the previous um, Poet Laureate. She reigned for three beautiful years and has passed on the torch to um, Ada Limon. 
Um, and I have actually brought a poem to read that I found. It was really hard to choose um, choose one to read. Her, her poetry is, is really lovely uh, and beautiful. Um, there is a quote by Ada Limon that I now can't find. Ha, ha, ha about um take your time take your time about the importance of um writing about our trauma and not trying to ignore pain and trauma and that we can actually um we we're becoming numb to it there's just so much bad news all the time um and that if we take it out and examine it um however it works for us from time to time that it can actually help us rediscover our joy and um, I have a a poem I would like to read to you by Ada Limon our new poet laureate this one is called Dead Stars out here there's a bowing even the trees are doing winter's icy hand at the back of all of us black bark slick yellow leaves a kind of stillness that feels so mute it's almost in another year I am a hearth of spiders these days, a nest of trying. We point out the stars that make Orion as we take out the trash, the rolling containers, a song of suburban thunder. It's almost romantic as we adjust the waxy blue recycling bin until you say, man, we should really learn some new constellations. (laughs) And it's true. We keep forgetting about Antilla, Centaurus, Draco, Lacerta, Hydra, Lyra, Lynx. But mostly we're forgetting we're dead stars too. My mouth is full of dust and I wish to reclaim the rising. To lean in the spotlight of streetlight with you toward what's larger within us, toward how we were born. Look, we are not unspectacular things. We've come this far, survived this much. What would happen if we decided to survive more, to love harder? What if we stood up with our synapses and flesh and said no, no to the rising tides, stood for the many mute mouths of the sea, of the land? What would happen if we used our bodies to bargain for the safety of others, for earth, if we declared a clean night, If we stopped being terrified, if we launched our demands into the sky, made ourselves so big, people could point to us with the arrows they make in their minds, rolling their trash bins out after all of this is over. Beautiful. Dead Stars by Ada Ada Limon. Well, I wanted to say, and this often happens, that we, I swear to everyone out there, we don't you know, beforehand decide, well, you read that and I read that. And then what's fascinating is I also pulled something from Ada Limon. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) And it, it comes a little circuitously. I have to say that word slow. Um, because it comes from a collection that I brought to, to mention this evening called Listening in the Dark, Women Reclaiming the Power of Intu- Intuition. And it's edited by Amber Tamblin, but it's full of amazing women like Ada Limon, Amy Poehler, Samantha Irby, Gia Tolentino, um, who else? Lydia can you help me? Yuknovich? Yeah, Yuknovich. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, who else? Anyway, this whole collection, and it's literally this 
all of these women basically speaking about their relationship to, you know, this idea of listening in the dark or listening to their intuition. And many of them speak of their dreams and especially Ada Limon. So I think it's interesting you were talking about how she has a kind of healing or therapeutic aspect to what she wants to her voice or what she wants to tell people. Mm. So I actually just wanted to um, read a little bit too. And this is from her, um, her essay called two worlds are better than one colon on dreams. Mm. And of course by, by Ada. And I'm just going to read a little bit. Um, there is a meditation I do that is about trusting your intuition tuning in to what it is to what it is that your whole selfhood is requiring each time i close my eyes and do the meditation the very first thing that arises in my mind are images from my dreams dreams are how i figure out what i'm working on in the blood dreams are how i know if what i'm doing the path i'm on the choices I'm making are right. Hmm. So I thought that was so serendipitous. Indeed, I love it. So I just wanted to mention this is Radio Book Club. It comes to you every first Monday of the month at five. We are so happy to be here, part of this community. I have to say that on Saturday, I was home and actually was hanging out with my sister and we just, you know, put the radio on and there's KZMU, you know, broadcasting from the folk festival. And I don't know, sometimes I just get chills, like community chills, I guess I'd call it, where just how vibrant this community stays and all the people and hands and beautiful hearts that keep this radio station what it is it's definitely not everyone has this and this weekend I just was happy to be part of this radio community Um, okay so let's keep on keeping on we're gonna now kind of head out into just like what we're excited about what we're reading Um, Jesse are you ready to to throw something else down Great. So I just finished um, the new novel by Kate Atkinson, and I loved it. Her most recent book was called The Shrines of Gaiety. Um, some of you may know her from uh, her Jackson Brody detective series. Um, those are really great. She won uh, an award for her very first novel called, oh, darn it, I'm going to forget, uh, Pictures at the Museum. Uh, I have that I have that not quite right anyway she's famous for her Jackson Brody detective series they've been made into a TV show on BBC she also wrote Life After Life which is a novel that absolutely floored me um, a few years back when I read that one this one is a little different she's um, she is writing for fun here Shrines of Gaiety is I would call it a Dickensian plot it has it's kind of a wide-ranging plot. It's got lots of eccentric characters, lots of characters. Um, they all radiate out from one central character, Nellie Croker, who is an underworld um, uh, uh, queen of, of Soho nightlife. She is uh, 
She's sort of a self-made woman. She owns five uh, nightclubs, and they're always getting raided by the police. They're dens of vice. They cater to the bright young <laughs> things, to politicians, visiting dignitaries, movie stars, gangsters. There's gambling and drugs and alcohol and vice, and she's a slippery character, and she <laughs> rules with an iron, iron will. Um, and f- she has just gotten out of a six-month stint in prison, in London, this is set just after World War One. I think it's a uh, nineteen. It's in the nineteen twenties. Um, she's been in jail for I forget what she got busted for. It's just some some gam- gambling den or something. Anyway, she has uh, her five nightclubs are being run by her children. She's got five children. Um, she's got trouble brewing the police are really seriously after her there's a new police inspector who's uh trying to trying to break her down there's someone else trying to ruin her to take over her empire her children half of her children are nearly useless and she's (laughs) trying to trying to train them to to be better uh better underworld (laughs) <laughs> managers of nightclubs one of her kids is ramsey a sexually confused dope fiend convinced he's writing the novel of the decade he's always having brilliant strokes of genius that while he's high that he later forgets <laughs> and he's gonna put down in his brilliant novel An older brother never niven who's returned from the war a serious and taciturn man with his loyal always with his loyal dog keeper his da- her daughter Edith who's had a romance with one of her uh, her enemies a corrupt policeman <laughs> um, and uh, and the fallout from that uh, she's got a couple of other um, sort of feather-headed daughters who don't uh, don't play into the <laughs> feather-headed. feather-headed daughters who don't play into the uh, <laughs> the plot very much so there's all of these threads radiating out from Nellie Cro- Nelly Croker um, and it's a little bit hard to follow at first if you're looking for a linear plot but if you stick with it it's a pleasure to read it doesn't even matter because she's so funny and every character that she writes as you're meeting all of these new people are fully fleshed, hilarious. You're you're in their minds, and they all have a very distinct way of talking, thinking, and and writing. She's writing for them. Uh, there's also we do we get to know Inspector Frobisher, the the new police officer. Uh, he's new on the job, and he's trying to solve this mystery of these murdered young girls who keep washing up in the Thames and why. Um, there's just been a spate of them. Uh, and then new to London is Gwendolyn Kelling, a young woman, an ex-war nurse who's capable, practical, unflappable. Uh, she's just furloughed from her boring job in a library in York. And this novel abounds with hilarious jokes about how boring libraries are and being a dusty, <laughs> crusty old librarian moldering away in the stacks. And she's been released by this furlough. She's been asked for by a friend to come to London to try to find out what happened to two young teenage girls who ran away to become starlets in London and have not been heard from since. So she is delighted for this excuse to go to London and try to track them down. So she meets Frobisher to ask the police for help with this. Mm-hmm. He sees that they may have parallel aims because the nightclub world may have something <laughs> to do with the disappearing disappearance of these girls. Uh, there's a little love interest there as well. Um, there's this other gangster, Azo Party, who is trying to take over Nellie's nightclub in, in 
empire, but why she can't figure out what his motivations were. There's all kinds of double dealings and all sorts of improbable coincidences as these uh, 12 or 15 characters weave in and out of the enormous city of London and, and happen to meet up in, in ways. I uh, There's so many threads, um, but she's such a capable writer. She weaves all of these elements together most handily and elegantly and um, ties the story up quite satisfactorily. And um, I chuckled my way through it. If you've read Charles Dickens, you know how funny he can be. And she is like that as well. Um, Does she have that dark? I mean, dark dark, sense of humor. Very wry, very droll sense of humor. While the story itself is sparkling, fizzy, and frothy. It is. It is. (laughs) There's nothing nothing very serious. Uh, I mean, you know, it's a little bit dark subject matter yeah. but it's um but it's just a really fun read i i thoroughly enjoyed shrines of gaiety by kate atkinson the the title of the novel is actually taken from the real life obituary of the real life person that nelly uh uh is nelly croker is based on um, there was in re- there was a, a real nightclub impresario in the twenties named Kate Merrick, who, who's already been immortalized in uh, as Ma Mayfield in Brideshead Revisited. If anybody oh, remembers that, so I love she was a that. real yeah oh. yeah she is a real character, and so she's modeled wow. Nellie Croker Coker. I keep saying Croker. I think it's Coker. Coker. Um, anyway, the obituary mentioned the crowds that attended her burial um, had all been worshippers at her shrines of gaiety. Her, her nightclubs anyway highly recommend kate atkinson is a most formidable writer she can do just about anything as we've seen from magical re- realism to uh, uh police procedurals to um this this really just fun fun sparkling but wry and droll <laughs> sparkling Story. but droll it is it really but- is it's hard to hard to um Anyway, it, oh, the, you the did book, a great the book job. Does it. The book does it. Anyway, highly recommend that one. That was a delightful read. And it looks like that first one of Atkinson's was behind the scenes oh, at the museum. Thank you for yeah. looking that up. Gosh. Yeah, that's yeah. that. That's the first one. Yeah. <clears throat> well, you know, it's interesting. Sometimes I think, okay, do I go light? Do I stay humorous? How how deep? How dark do I want to go? But one um, subject that has been just on my mind a lot is the subject of just rest, um, retreat, like just this idea that, you know, when is it, I guess, like when is it time to rest? I took uh, this little trip and 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 then had COVID for a couple weeks so I got kind of a lot of time to think about this and and when do we know kind of throughout our day um, if we're taking uh, the right amount of time to recover I guess and so I wanted to give our listeners just a little um, I guess a just a few titles that are around this subject uh, things that I've been reading and uh, one in particular is called rest is resistance by trisha hershey and it actually was on the bestseller list a couple of weeks ago maybe even last week 
And um, it's interesting. She's actually a clergy woman who has uh, who has kind of created this thing called the NAP ministry. And essentially, it's exactly what how you you hear it. NAP, like she is um, telling us essentially to nap more. And uh, she she asks these questions: What would it be like to live in a well-rested world? Far too many of us have claimed. Far too many of us have claimed productivity as the cornerstone of success. Brainwashed by capitalism, we subject our bodies and minds to work at an unrealistic, damaging, and machine-level pace, feeding into the same engine that enslaved millions into brutal labor for its own relentless benefit. So it's interesting. She she goes into not only kind of what she sees as the kind of the current, um, this move toward more and more production, and uh, what it, I guess I'd say what its antidote is. And it is to um, nap more, rest more. And she she brings a lot of, I guess I'd say tools for resting um, in the book itself. So uh, that would be one. Rest is Resistance by Trisha, Trisha Hershey. Um, and then Wintering by Catherine May, who she came out with this memoir. I think it's been about a year or two. And this is literally kind of going through uh, the chapters are the winter months and as we're kind of entering, all of us entering this um, more, um, you could say we're sort of going inside or, or we're all wintering together as we literally go through the winter months. But she talks about um, she had an illness that forced her to stop working for a little while and how you kind of make a, how you pivot from going, 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 going all day, and then and then sort of coming into this uh, time, and how we uh, work with that downtime, how we not even work with how we enjoy downtime, how we um, it's almost a, dif- a different rhythm. And she talks about that different rhythm. And I'd also recommend Emily Nagoski's Burnout. And she talks a lot about the stress cycle and how many of us are kind of stuck in this, what she calls the stress cycle, and how to basically pull ourselves out of it. And so I guess you're getting a little bit of my psyche Mm -hmm. (laughs) today, but um, these books have been super helpful for me to realize that stress is an interesting little beast because it can... Um, kind of accumulate over time and we don't even know that we're getting there and then suddenly we're there with whatever stressful you know parts of our lives and then how we um, how we like literally consciously take um, our rest and relaxation not just on weekends but um, through our days so nap more take naps take (laughs) naps I'm down yeah take take the take naps okay um go ahead jesse what's what's next on your list a month or two ago i read an interesting story collection called cat brushing by (laughs) jane campbell (laughs) i was intrigued by the title and the photo on the cover which features a real a close-up of a woman's long hair silver uh, with a hand in it as she's brushing her own hair, a, a bejeweled, a big rain, jeweled ring on one finger. 
Um, and it is written by uh, a woman who is, I think, 80, 80 years old, the year that this got this has been published uh, just, just this summer. Um, it, it's a debut story collection that probes the erotic, emotional, and intellectual lives of elder women. Uh, very pr- provocative, vigorously explores the sensual worlds of 13 older women, unearthing their passions, libidinal appetites, integrity, and sense of self as they fight against prevalent misconceptions and the stereotypes of the aging. Um, not all of these were comfortable stories. Um, these, um, some of some of them uh, made me feel kind of uncomfortable and sad about the prospect of aging. But she is fearlessly facing um, what it is like to have your autonomy slowly stripped away and to no longer be thought of as a sensual being. Um, the titular story, Cat Brushing, is an old woman who is now a guest in her son's home. And the great pleasure she takes in this cat companion of hers the brother keeps the son keeps hinting that uh the cat's gonna have to go away eventually and this is um you know sort of equates her her own her own loss of pleasure as she as she loses her her autonomy um these are these pack a little bit of a punch some of these stories they're um I've never read anything like them, and I appreciate this point of view. I am entering my 53rd year of life on Earth, and so I'm thinking about aging a bit and what what changes are going on and what's in store. And so um, I find myself looking, looking to some of these wiser women mm-hmm. to see... Um, how how to think and what's um what other people are thinking about and handling how they're handling life um that's not all depressing and dark there are some sunny some little rays of sunshine in there but a very original voice cat brushing by jane campbell really interesting Mm. and um a necessary voice i think this is an important addition um as we're as we're listening trying to listen more closely to women's experiences through uh, their varying ages. Mm-hmm. Is this brand new? Yeah, I came yeah. out in July. I want to say in July. July or August. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Cat Brushing by Jane Campbell. What a great title. It is. And a really beautiful cover. You might, yeah. you might look at it. It seems just like I have see seen it. the cover and I, I just love the title. So, um, and well spoken. Thank you. That was, yeah, N- necessary stories. It makes me, I was trying to think of other collections like that. And, you know, I thought, I, I just drew a blank. It's like you said, there's kind of an original, uh, it's an original collection. And trying to think of, you know, wh- who have come in the past with voices like that. And it's hard to, it's hard to say. Yeah, we've got um, uh, Nora Ephron, I yeah. Feel Bad About My Neck. Oh, uh, right. And, you know, there, right, there right, are right. some, and I know Joan Didion writes a little bit about yeah. about it here and there. Um, someone who's just fearlessly looking this in the face yeah. and um, writing writing for us. Yeah, it'd be interesting. Come come back and think if, think if we, uh, find out if we can think of others, other yeah. voices that are similar. You know, it, it segues a little bit into, so while I was kind of on my little sojourn, I, there were some books that I had with me and 
you know, took what I thought I could manage, what, what I could actually, you know, put in a suitcase, so to speak. I always take too many books. Mm. Do you do that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why do we do that? Because you just never know an airport bookstores <laughs> are know. expensive. I know. And <laughs> and I always have this thing that uh, I need to ha- to make room for the book I'm going to meet. That's right. On my journey. That's right. You know, I've gotten smarter about that. I take a paperback. I take paperbacks now that I'm willing to leave behind mm-hmm. because I know I'm going to be uh, hopefully be trading them out. Yes. I've had some really fun. And no matter where you go, yeah. where you go. I remember being in Nepal on, in a little little cabin up in the mountains and there was a little lending library there yeah and there was a I think it was it was a romance novel and I read it from start to finish cover to cover and it was it was like you know that was the book that I was supposed to meet on my journey it doesn't matter what it is right um but there there was one point where I needed to have, I basically was thinking I need to have the coziest book, you know, kind of when I, when I hit the COVID thing and, and I was just thinking to myself, I need something super cozy, right? And sometimes I'll read one of um, um, Still Life, what's the mystery? Louise Penny. Yeah, Louise yeah, Penny. Oh, yeah. yeah, good. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'll, I'll read one of hers for that cozy factor, yeah. right? But I did end up reading um, The House on the Cerulean Sea uh, by Clooney. I think that's how you say his last name. It might be Clune. K-L-U-N-E. Yeah, TJ. And it definitely fit the bill. Jesse and I talked about this author maybe last week. And um, I think Jesse, you were saying, might be a little bit too cute, maybe a little bit too, a little cloying. Under Perhaps the whispering door. That was the that one that was you the had one I thought was a little read. bit too self. That's right, and that's his newest. Precious, yes. Un- under the whispering door, but um, the house on the cerulean sea actually one hundred percent fit the bill for me to read something that 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 was so cozy that you just wanted to you know be sick. <laughs> <laughs> sick enough to have an excuse to read it exactly. or it was nauseatingly cloyingly sweet yes well it was just so the story of you know this workaholic um and you really don't know where this takes place it's sort of somewhere between uh the u.s and and the uk uh, it gives you kind of both of the feeling of both but um this uh, this man he is a workaholic and he works um, in it's it's got this kind of um, almost like a Harry Potter story to it where he um, is the he works to in let's say he works to help these orphanages that are full of kids with special powers basically and he ends up getting sent to a little island where there were all the kids that they didn't know what to do with. And the uh, man there who was taking care of these wonderful kids with all these very unique powers, and they were only like, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, and they all lived together in this house on the Cerulean Sea. And he was this kind of eight type personality and and meeting all these kids and this the man who was taking care of all these kids um, ends up he ends up kind of 
basically fall he it's a love story between him and um and the guy that was actually taking care of the kids at this little special orphanage and uh and then he basically kind of you know just falls for all these great kids and so you get this um just really beautiful little love story you get to hear all this fresh kind of funny um banter between the kids and they all have these really great superpowers and and so you you kind of get to it's really more like a cozy harry potter is really what it is but it is written for adults so that's the house on the cerulean sea i thought i'd better bring something you know a little lighter to bear (laughs) okay so we're getting more into our flash rounds what's your next one Yeah, so I often like to plug a graphic novel. Um, It is hard to, I wish I could show you, so many of these are wonderful because of the artwork they feature. Um, The series I'm excited about today is called Monstrous. It is written by Marjorie Liu and uh, illustrated by Sana Takeda. Um, It is, the artwork is art deco steampunk meets... Uh, like Japanese kaiju, um, it is the most some of the most elegant and beautiful artwork I've ever seen in a graphic novel. Every frame must have just taken such such time and such care. That it's definitely a wild fantasy world that is very very female, powerful powerful female. Um, we are following. Uh, it's it's he said in a matriarchal world inspired by early 20th century Asia tells the story of Micah Halfwolf, a teenage girl who shares a mysterious psychic link with a powerful monster. Little obvious metaphor there. The background to the story is a war between the Arcanics, magical creatures who sometimes can pass for humans, and the Kumea, an order of sorceresses who consume Arcanics in order to fuel their power. Meka is a, an arcanic, Mika, Meka, uh, an arcanic who looks human and who is set on learning about and avenging her dead mother. Um, her left arm has been severed and a demon, Zin, occasionally emerges from the stub. And the demon who takes over her body and mind is a source of great power, but challenging for Micah to understand and control. Um, she has a delightful little, um, a little cat, uh, cat friend, her familiar who is a, a delightful character of his own. Um, it, it's it's a ex- art, just exquisite, dizzyingly gorgeous. Um, the, the power of female friendship, struggle against dehumanization is a, a common theme. And um, it is absolutely beautiful art. Uh, worth flipping through just for the just for the pictures uh the library just got we've had volumes one through four and just recently we got five six and seven are on the shelves and um highly recommend monstrous very very original um very powerfully feminine beautiful as well a little dark there's 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 a lot going on they're just exquisite Anyway, Monstrous by Marjorie Liu and Sana Takeda. I can attest to its beauty there. Mm -hmm. And what's that? Oh, I have (laughs) with me an audio book I'm listening to right now. It is uh, Calling for a Blanket Dance by Oscar Hokey. This is a Native American voice um, telling the story of a family growing up in the 80s, Kiowa and... um, 
oh crikey i'm gonna get this wrong anyways there's a there are two young two young boys growing up with single mothers that are sisters um and they're struggling uh, oh there's a there's a grandfather who has been a chronic alcoholic for years who has just become sober just in time he's he's dying from from uh, alcoholism but he's become sober just in time to start passing on what is important in his culture to mm. his grandsons mm. and this is um this is going to save them oh. uh, and give them an identity um that they desperately need in this world calling for a blanket dance by oscar hokey excellent i think in this last minute i'll try and the last one i wanted to actually talk about was gabor mate's the myth of the normal trauma, illness, and healing in a toxic culture. And he's actually written this with his son, Daniel Mate. Uh, And he's been someone I've watched for a little while. He's kind of all over the place as far as he ends up on a lot of podcasts. Um, He is a medical doctor and was one of the first, I think he was the one who created um, the clinic in Canada um, where you can save, I think it's, I can't remember exactly what they call it, but you can safely, um, what do they call it? Where you can actually s- safely shoot up. Um, oh, now I'm going to space on, on what yeah, his clinic, clinics. Yeah. There are clinics where you can yeah, go safely. Yeah. Do your, and he did one in Canada. Drugs. Yes. They're which very, th- he did the very first one in yeah. Canada and he's written a lot about, um, addiction and uh, one called In the Realm of Hungry Ghosts. But he also is really kind of one of the premier voices out there speaking of trauma, but also kind of how our, you know, sort of childhood influences um, the those trauma points when we grow up. And so a myth of normal, and I wrote this as um, my stat pick actually for today, at Back of Beyond, and I and I said in in the pick in uh, the the review that this is a six hundred page book that identifies what he considers to be the ever advancing toxicity of modern culture and its effects on our mental and emotional health. Um, he dissects um, how in Western countries that pride themselves on their healthcare systems, chronic illness and general ill health are on the rise. So what Mate asks is really normal when it comes to health. So I'll just leave you with that question, but also I think it's worth picking up in the sense that he gives, he also very much um, gives the reader tools to identify, dissect, understand um, where they are as far as their own health is concerned. And he also does a great job of not... Um, promoting a lot of, um, I think, co-opted language and platitudes and, you know, one size fits all. He really talks about the any, anyone's health journey as um, a very individual um, journey mm-hmm. and uh, re- really respects that. And even as he kind of shares uh, or sketches ways in which we can um, move our health in in a more positive way, he also recognizes that it's a a very, you know, a soul journey for each of us. So I think we've actually done it, Jesse. 
Thank you for joining us this evening. We had a good time. We got through kind of everything, which is great. And tune in next time, which will be next uh, next month, first Monday of the month at 5 p.m. for Radio Book Club. Uh, so bye for now. Bye, Jesse. Good night, everyone. <laughs> Take care, everybody. Talk to you soon. Bye.